Hi, this is Tony. Talking to you from the dark piney woods of northeast Texas. The other day I was watching a movie called Geronimo with uh, Wes Studi, who played Geronimo. It'll be uh, kind of fun to talk about seven uh, things you may not know about Geronimo. The origins of his name are disputed. The man who would become the most feared Indian leader of the 19th century was born sometime in the 1820s into the Benincohe, the smallest band of the Chiroquois in Apache tribe that inherited and inhabited what is now New Mexico and Arizona. His given name was Goyhokla, the one who yawns. But as a young man, he earned the moniker Geronimo after distinguishing himself in Apache raids against the Mexicans. The source of the name remains the subject of debate, though. Some historians believe it arose from frightened Mexican soldiers invoking the Catholic Saint Jerome when facing the warrior in battle. While others argue that it was simply a Mexican nickname or a mispronunciation of Goicla. Fact number two, Geronimo's wife and children were murdered when he was a young man. Geronimo came at the age during a period of bitter conflict between the Chiroquois Apaches and the Mexicans. In response to the Apaches' penchant for staging raids to gather horses and provisions, the Mexican government had begun ambushing Apache settlements and offering lucrative bounties for their scalps. In 1851, while Geronimo and several other warriors were in the town of Janus on a trading mission, Colonel Jose Maria Carrasco and a detachment of around 400 Mexican soldiers ransacked his Bendeconoy encampment and slaughtered many of its inhabitants. When Geronimo returned later that night, he found that his mother, his wife, and his three young children all had been murdered. I had lost all, he said in his autobiography. Following the massacre, Geronimo swore vengeance against Mexico and led a series of bloody raids on his soldiers and settlements. I have killed many Mexicans, he wrote later. I do not know how many. Some of them were not worth counting. Fact number three. He broke out of U.S. Indian reservations on three different occasions. In the 1840s and 50s, the Mexican-American War and the Gadsden Purchase placed the Chiriquai Apache's domain within the boundaries of the expanding United States. Geronimo and the Apaches violently resisted the influx of white settlers. But following several years of war with the U.S. Army, they reluctantly negotiated by a peace. By 1876, most of the Chiriquai had been shipped to San Carlos, an arid and inhospitable reservation located in Arizona. Geronimo avoided the reservation until 1877 when he was captured by Indian agents and brought to San Carlos in chains. He tried his hands at farming, but like many of the Chiroquois, he longed for the freedom on the frontier. Geronimo and his allies would eventually stage three escapes from the reservation between 1878 and 1885. Each time the renegades fled south and disappeared into the mountains.
only resurfacing to conduct marauding expeditions on both sides of the U.S.-Mexican border. During his second breakout in 1882, Geronimo even staged a daring raid on the Apache Reservation and forced several hundred Chiroquois to join his band, <clears throat> some of them at gunpoint. By the time of his final breakout in 1884, Geronimo had earned an unparalleled reputation for cunning and stories of his ruthless, both real and imagined, were front page news across the United States. Fact number four. Geronimo's followers credited him with supernatural powers. While he often exerted considerable influence over the Apaches, Geronimo was never a tribal chief. Among the Chiroquois, he was better known for his skills as a shaman or medicine man. Those who followed Geronimo credited him with a variety of supernatural powers, including the ability to heal the sick, slow time, avoid bullets, bring on rainstorms, and even witness events over great distances. In one incident described by Apache Jason Betasadez, a few warriors were sitting around a campfire during a raiding expedition when Geronimo suddenly had a premonition that the U.S. troops had attacked their base camp. After arriving at the site several days later, they found that Geronimo's vision had been correct. The Americans had already captured the encampment. I cannot explain it to this day, Betasadez wrote later, but I was there and I saw it. Fact number five. Nearly a quarter of the U.S. Army took part in the final hunt for Geronimo. On May 17th of 1885, Geronimo and some 135 Apache men, women, and children took flight from their reservations for the final time. The famed warrior was then in his 60s, but he remained as determined as ever, often pushing his group to cover as much as 70 miles per day to avoid the American cavalry and Apache scouts on their trail. Over the next several months, Geronimo's fugitives raided countless Mexican and American settlements, killing several citizens and civilians. They nearly surrendered on March of 1886, but the Geronimo and 40 followers renegade on the agreement at the, or reneged on the agreement at the last minute and escaped under the cover of darkness. Soon the Indians were being pursued by 5,000 U.S. soldiers. Nearly a quarter of the standing army, as well as some 3,000 Mexicans, could not find him. Geronimo was able uh, to elude both forces for over five months. But by August, um, he had uh, his followers had grown weary of life and uh, gave himself up to General Nelson Miles at the Skeleton Canyon. Arizona is now laying down his arms, or he was now laying down his arms. He became the last Indian leader to formally surrender to the United States military. Number six, he spent the last 23 years of his life as a prisoner of war. Following their surrender, Geronimo and the Chiroquois including the Apache Army Scouts that had helped catch him, were condemned to manual labor at army camps in Florida. The Indians were later moved to Mount Vernon Barracks, Alabama, and then Fort Seal, Oklahoma. But despite their repeated pleas for a reservation in the West, they remained prisoners of war for the rest of their rest of Geronimo's life. As the years passed, Geronimo busied himself with farming 
and cashed in on its growing celebrity by selling autographs and peddling wa walking sticks, bows, and other items to American tourists. His captors also granted him permission to appear in occasional world fairs and Wild West shows, where he was often billed as the Apache Terror and the Tiger of the Human Race. Fact number seven. Geronimo participated in Theodore Roosevelt's presidential inauguration. Geronimo's most famous public appearance came on March 4th of 1905 when he put, took part in the President Theodore Roosevelt's inaugural parade in the Washington, D.C. area. Flanked by five other Indian leaders, the elderly warrior rode a pony down Pennsylvania Avenue, eliciting cries of hooray for Geronimo from the spectators that were watching. Five days later, the Indians got a chance to speak to Roosevelt in person at the White House. Geronimo, still a prisoner of war, took the opportunity to plead with the president to send the Chiroquois back to their native lands in the West. I pray you to cut the ropes and make me free, he said. By then, nearly 20 years had passed since Geronimo's surrender, but Roosevelt turned down the request out of fear that war would once again break out if the Apaches returned home. The federal government wouldn't free the Chiroquois until 1913, four years after Geronimo's 1909 death from pneumonia. Uh, there's some fun facts about Geronimo and uh, his life. Thanks for listening.